Yeah, like for a couple months. But I, what I realized, we should just mix this into the show because this is fucking riveting. Well, if you'd stop swearing, I would make this part of the show. Oh, man, but I had a whiskey. This is what happens when dads have whiskey. Hello and welcome to episode three of Dads Being Dads. I'm Chris Catronio. I'm Randy James. And that is a tight intro. I know. I don't know if I should ask you stuff first or give it back to you because I got to give it. You're the host. You got to lead in. Oh, so Randy, it's after Halloween. Red Sox won the series. How's this oh, week find you? Sports ball. <laughs> I was. I knew I was going to mention something. <laughs> Sports ball is over and new sports ball has begun. Exactly. The cycle. Today is Sunday. Do you know what I did all day today? Sunday? Hmm. Sunday. Sports ball day? Hmm. Went to the museum. Mm. Kids. Which museum did you go to? uh, We have a, what they call a discovery museum nearby in a nearby town. And uh, the kids and I... Rode over there on the bikes because that's fun, and they like to fight in the trailer because they don't have enough shoulder room. Excellent. Uh, it's it's full of like little trinkets and things to do, and and geez, what's an example? There's one room that's full of like tracks that you climb up in this little treehouse thing. You drop balls down on the tracks, and it runs around. You're knocking over dominoes and hitting little bells, and oh, nice, like a Rube Goldberg type of exploration theme park. Right, except it doesn't actually accomplish anything. Oh, yeah, right. sure. Accomplishes fun. Um, but it's it's always an interesting um, it's always an interesting dynamic or or sort of experience in social parenting. I don't know what the word is there, but it's it's interesting to talk about because you know when you're in a situation with with a lot of different aged kids in a tight the museum's not very. Big. It's in a. It's in a. In a house. It's in an old house. Oh, so right. It's fairly compact. I think I know which museum you're talking about. Yes. Um, it's an act. Yeah. It's called the Children's Discovery Museum. Yes. Yeah. And it's not a secret. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> we can tell people. The um, secret museums tend to be a little more colorful in content. But continue. Yeah. Okay. Well, I find, and I'm sure you've seen this too, where you get a bunch of adults with children together that don't know each other and you know if they're in school and you can't see them you don't really care what goes on until later and you hear stuff and then you get outraged then (laughs) but if you're standing there next to them a lot of times the adults are in the way you know there's some small child maybe younger than yours maybe older than yours it's hard to tell and a lot of people they set up these these sort of boundaries these sort of not physical so much but just mental boundaries between them and the other kids Hmm. In the sense that, like, they don't help them, or they don't, they don't get in the way. They don't really work together, you know. So it's not like a lot of adults and a lot of kids there. It's like a lot of sep- very separate parent-child pairs. Almost like the subway, but for playgrounds. Or- yeah, very much like that's exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, where right. you sit on a subway seat, and that person next to you, even though they're touching you, <laughs> is trying desperately to ignore your existence. Yeah, along they just, with everyone else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but where this gets really bizarre is when either something bad is happening or something mm. good is happening. You know, whatever it is, right? Where it's like, um, you know, some kid is climbing a ladder and about to fall, 
and the parent that's standing right next to them and blocking the actual parent from getting there to help does nothing. Oh, yeah. Right? Because, oh, I don't know. I don't want to touch your kid because you'll get mad at me for touching them or something. I don't want to be a, you know, whatever. I don't want to mm. be that guy. But it's like, you know, make some better judgments here, people, right? You see, don't hold the door open. For a one-year-old to, <laughs> to sprint out, to launch the, to his doom on a <laughs> slide. Oh, no, I know, no, I I know mean, exactly. Like, I see that at the playground plenty of times, where where parents will just kind of stare at what's going on with a non-critical eye, and you know something catastrophic nearly happens, and and everyone just stares with slack jawed at the at the action. Um, there's definitely like levels of engagement. It's almost like people are just kind of passively. Riding a train, watching <laughs> the fate yeah. of people around them without a care in the world, and to some well, extent, I see that a lot with their own kids. They don't even like really register if if something's going wrong with their own. Sometimes, yeah, well, that's true. But sometimes <laughs> that's kind of intentional. Where you know, at least lately, I've gotten to the habit of not helping the kids at the playground so much. Like my because my two year old will try to follow my five year old right up the monkey bars and over these really dangerous things. And the problem is, if I help her get up there. She won't be able to get back down yeah. on her own. You're you know, on board for the whole journey, basically. It, yeah, you know, I mean, if yeah, like if you get the skills to get yourself up there, then I'm, I'll be fairly sure that you can get down. But because a couple of times I have, you know, I've hiked her up onto the six foot thing, and it's like, wait a minute, what did I just do? Yeah, not, you know, and then she's what? running around up there with all of the open exits, uh, you know, and I'm worried she's going to plummet out one of the sides. So I've become a lot more conscious of of purposely not helping her, you know, sort of guiding her, telling her where to put her hands and feet, but not not touching her or lifting right, her right. in that way. But in the museum, it's more like, uh, what's a couple of examples? Oh, so, yeah, one one dad was, was doing that. He was trying to help his son climb this ladder up into this little treehouse thing. And uh, I think there was, I think there was something mildly wrong with his child uh, emotionally or something, but that's beside the point. And the, so the kid was a little scared. And of course, some other you know, like-minded child who was, uh, you know, this girl who was probably similar age does that typical, like, not thinking I want to climb the ladder too and gets right under that kid's feet. You know, doesn't <laughs> wait for him to get to the top. Right. Sticks her hands all the way up the top. And the the first boy gets freaked out and starts coming back down and stands right on her hands. Oh, right? Awesome. So he's standing on her hands and she can't get them out. <laughs> She's getting ready to scream. And I was standing there next to the two of them because... Uh, my son was up in the top and I was just handing him the balls for the, the tracks, right? I was handing all the kids the balls. So I was waiting and the dad holding the boy was just like willfully, willfully neglecting the girl uh. in the sense that he didn't care that his son was standing on her hands. He was only concerned about his son getting him climbing. out of there <laughs> because he was upset. Right? He's oh, like, I, I can get him out of here. And I reached over and I grabbed the kid's legs and lifted them up. I said, he's standing on her hands. And he's like, and he looks at me and he says, this is what he says. He looks right at me and he goes, she is going to get kicked in the face. <laughs> and I, I go, dude, dude, you're in control of that one. Like, I don't know why you're looking at me. Lift She's up not my your daughter. son, remove like, from that. Why don't you keep his legs from kicking her in the face? Yeah, yeah. It, it was just absurd. Like the, the. I don't know. It just seemed it seemed this very bizarre moment where I'm like, okay, you can be focused on your kid, but 
You could also make it so that he's not also hurting he's other not children. A hazard to other kids. Right. Oh, we, we had a similar experience when uh, when my daughter was real real little tyke. She's sitting. Um, she just started walking, and we're out visiting my in in laws uh, um, in their house, and their daughter is a uh, what two years older or a year older. She's bigger, uh, so she's up and about. She's cruising on her tricycle. My daughter's just toddling around, and this kid starts. Um, you know, this will be my daughter's cousin starts driving out a little bit and then racing backwards towards us and get a big kick out of this game. So my in-laws are just kind of, you know, staring, watching it happen. I'm like, yeah, okay, letting, yeah, yeah, letting that culminate oh, into yeah. disaster. Just like, yeah, yeah. It, exactly. I'm sitting there just it, mentally counting the seconds till something horrible happens. And sure enough, she aims right at my daughter's head. And I should preface this with there is a big metal bar sticking out of the back of the tricycle for the parent to steal or steer with. Oh, yeah. And so sure enough, back she races 100 miles an hour. Everyone watches. And this bar comes flying towards my daughter's head. So naturally, being an engaged parent, I reach out and grab the bar, which <laughs> you know abruptly stops the trike, <laughs> averts possible concussion at least a very upsetting scene for my daughter and i swear just zero reaction it was like nothing happened a couple blinks you know i'm whoo you know thinking i they might even be miffed that i abruptly stopped their kid who almost went toppling backwards but she caught herself but it was just no it was like nothing even happened like so i I, i'm aware of that group obliviousness that kind of seems to settle amongst I think to some extent, the more kids around, the more there's like that background buzz of distraction builds up and certain people can stay on task during that occasion and other people just zone out. And I don't know. I think in some instances, depending on my state of tired, I might zone out to some extent from the child noise, but nothing seems to override that safety valve, you know, that just constant alertness for disaster because it's always close by yeah um well you know i find in most of those situations i when it's getting a little out of hand when there's too many dangerous things around i try to shift things you know we're playing in the road or we're playing with sticks and <laughs> one kid has this propensity for waving the stick in everyone else's eyes playing it's like, catch okay, this with is rocks just, yeah this <laughs> is just stupid can i <laughs> i'm gonna snap that into 10 pieces and chuck it in the woods and give them something else to do oh yeah um, but uh, what was I going to follow? Bouncy houses are good for that. When the big kids start going ape in the bouncy house, and the little kids are suddenly trapped. Oh yeah, just age group cascading so, right. around. You know, as soon as you can get it contained to a certain age group, the kids get along. They know what they're doing. Then, then you can, you know, relax a little bit. Right, right. Um, but there's yeah, there's no need to leave those situations unchecked. Oh, absolutely not. I've had to step in on ball pits and tell people to stop hurling balls. Like kids, I don't even know. But again, older kids jumping in the ball pits going ape while there's like, you know, two, <laughs> yeah. four-year-old younger kids. And that's a significant delta when you're that young. Yeah. Literally just hauling off and hurling balls into little kids' faces. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just right. like – and watching like what appear to be the parents staring. No one's saying a word. I literally had to step in a couple times and be like – Hey, hurry, let's not throw balls at people's face, you know, and everyone's like, Whoa. well, that's <laughs> like, the I'm, funny. I'm not going to put up with it. That's the dynamic I'm sort of talking about. You don't want to be the, the screaming ogre parent that comes into that because then they're like, Get that, that man is <laughs> yeah. harassing my child. But so you get removed from the playground. 
But it certainly, uh, you know, Security. I don't, I don't hesitate to intervene when I think it's necessary. You know, both good and bad, right? Right, right. When, when I see that some other parent needs help and they can't get to their kid fast enough. I mean, even today, same example in museums, simple little tiny things. There's a big water table room. All the kids get soaking wet. They can wear these smocks and, you know, they got to pull their sleeves up. I love smocks. And I was in there playing with, with Molly. Can I already pull her sleeves up? And some other little kid comes running into the room with like, he's just about ready to smash his arms into the water and his sleeves were pulled down. And I was sitting right there and I saw his, his dad, I think, kind of shuffling in behind him and with a little nervous look on his face. And so I just, I reached out and I caught his hands, you know, not in a rough way. I just kind of put them under his hands so he didn't dunk them in the water before <laughs> his dad got there. his dad a couple seconds to help him gear up. Right. He got there like a second and a half or two later and, and he's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. And starts rolling his sleeve up. Nice. Like, yeah, no, no problem. Nice. Like I, you know, I see what's going on. You've got a heightened sense of parental awareness. Right. There's no need to let. It, but a lot of people would look at it and they'd understand it and they'd see it, but they they'd think to themselves, "Well, I, I don't. It's not really my place to possibly, touch. or or yeah. it could be more like this, more like what, like that, like that's what's Just, going on. Because I swear that's what's going on. Ninety percent of the people I see in the playground, this is the thought. Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> Just like, what's, just, the, just, what's the score of the sports uh, game right now? Who knows? Yeah. But it's anything other than situational awareness. There was, uh, there's a lot of good episodes from the museum today. There's there's another one I think you'll enjoy, although maybe it's not so enjoyable for most people. <laughs> the um, There was a grandmother, I, I think I knew she was a grandmother because I think she said it at some point, um, who had misplaced one of the children she was overseeing, which is... Always fantastic when <laughs> she the, lost one of the kids. The, the guilt of losing oh, dear gosh. someone else's child, <laughs> right? So I saw her. I saw her come frantically racing down the stairs in the museum. She didn't say anything. She's just like, "Excuse me, excuse me," and like almost knocked my daughter over. I'm like, uh, "Okay, yeah, excuse you." And you know, 15 seconds later, she goes like running back up the stairs, oh, dear. screaming. Oh dear! About she's like, there is a. There is a lost child, and why isn't anyone helping me? And you know, it, oh, it was no. it was, you know, just complete transference of guilt everywhere else yes. because she didn't ask for help. She just started screaming, and you know, of course, the girl was just upstairs playing, but uh, she she freaked out because she yeah. didn't you know stop watching her for a little while, and then she climbed into one of the little playhouses and was whatever inside. Line of sight was broken and panic. Yeah, ensued. I mean, this place is nice because there's no. There's no way to get out without going past the uh the kids the, get in but they can't get out. Right. They're yeah. So I don't know. Would the people at the front desk uh stop someone if they were carrying a child out? But I would hope. I think that's that's usually it's usually not the best reaction to go to at first. Like you really freaking yourself out if if the first thing to your mind when you can't find your kid is that someone kidnapped them. Like Yeah, that's going to the worst case scenario. Right. Immediately. I mean, why? Yeah, why do that? Why why do that? Just you're in a giant house full of little nooks and crannies from the hide, and that's why you brought them there, right? <laughs> They're playing somewhere. <laughs> now, I'm gonna take this moment to interject that I don't think the grandparents are that great in looking after small, youthful, active kids. Uh, depending on the age and fitness level, man, I, I don't know. I feel like when I'm 
I think grandparents to to leave a grandparent in charge of active kids it is I don't know I think it's too much for, uh, onus on the grandparents you know like and they might have the will and they might have the you know they might have had the chops but kids Pat, are, yeah exactly kids they're are certainly fast willing to and strong and brutal. Yeah, and they're certainly willing to give up the advice about how you're doing everything incorrectly. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yet when it when you want to leave them with them, I think I turned that around on. Uh, I won't say which one. One of the grandmothers. Uh, suddenly, the said, public forum becomes constraining to our discussion. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I don't know if they'll listen. But one of the grandmothers insinuated that uh, she could she could fix you know with quotes right fix our daughters behavior oh. because she was she's she hadn't even turned two yet right <laughs> because she, because she wasn't like sitting quietly at the dinner table mm. and she you know she said something to the effect in a, in a very sort of righteous tone <laughs> that she could fix her if we just left her with her and i looked right at her and said she's she's all yours <laughs> you can have her for the whole day tomorrow we'll see how this works out yeah she turned us down oh she didn't she didn't decide oh, yeah, to tinker em- on the uh situation no no they were empty threats. I see. Which is completely useless for all of us, of course. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was exciting. No, I agree with you though. And, and I doubt I will be any exception, right? As we grandparents had us or our parents had us a, a long time ago. <laughs> yes. Right. And certainly they have fond memories of things and they think they could do it again. But who can blame them for being out of practice? Right, right. And it's it's like the equivalent of leaving your kids with someone who doesn't have kids mm. and doesn't care, but is also less able to care for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> never had kids and has trouble getting upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always As the, the best. kid immediately, first thing, just sprints towards the road, <laughs> and grandma says, stop, don't go towards the road, and off the kid continues to run, because that's yes. what kids do. <laughs> they don't, your kids don't listen well. <laughs> no, clearly. Yeah. It's not right. like every three-year-old is a maniac and is being taught how to listen. <laughs> it is clearly a problem with my systemic parenting practices. It's funny because I went through that the same I can't climb the stairs conversation. Mm-hmm. I can't carry them up the stairs. <laughs> so so everyone's going to have to them. sleep on the floor in the living room. <laughs> <sighs> oh, boy. Okay. Excellent. So I, I think I'm out of museum topics. Yeah. Uh, there probably was a few other things. Let's see the balls. Sounds like an eventful day. The hand grabbing, grandma losing a child. Oh dear. Uh, oh, there was one little grabby kid that was quite entertaining. He was young. He was probably two and a half or something. But he would just take everything he saw. You just grab. You know, it was like oh, I want to play with that. He just take it. Mine. And uh, uh, what well, was interesting because he do it to me. You know, I'm like I'm playing with one of these little. Um, <laughs> exhibits call them right and i'm yeah. literally like got my my hands over two dials or something and he like just shoulders his way into my hips wow. and reaches up and just starts hitting my hands to get them off the things Holy. you know and, and there's like there's probably a hundred other things in this room right and no one's in there oh really, i mean it's really the empty. thing that someone else has is always the most fascinating yeah yeah and and you know i'm kind of chuckling like this, this is kind of funny and his dad comes over and looks at me he's like is he okay and i couldn't tell if he was being uh sort of subtly 
you know, making a jab at me for looking at the kid funny, for shoving me out of the way and saying like, you know, he's too, just leave him alone. Uh, it sounds and, more like he was worried about how the kid was acting. Yeah, maybe. At which maybe. you should reply, no, he's a monster. Well, <laughs> I did say, I'm like, well, you know, I mean, he did just shove me out of the way, yeah. but two, so mm. what do you want me to do? I don't know. <laughs> But, you know, I kept moving along. Like, I'd go to another exhibit and he'd shove me, like, he'd follow me along and shove me out of the way. This kid's a bully. <laughs> he targeted you. <laughs> I was bullied by a two-year-old. I don't know why. <sighs> but, yeah, generally there's, there's, a, there's a pretty widespread lack of engagement with the parents and the kids and that sort of thing. I mean, playground I kind of get, but I also like goofing off at the playground and swinging around in the bars oh, and yeah. playing. Hard not to. There's a lot of standing... Standing way back and just, you know, the museum especially, it's like, no, don't bother showing your kids what the stuff is or how it works <laughs> or what it means. <laughs> just stand in the corner and look at your phone for a couple hours. They'll figure it all out. So that's, that's weird sometimes. It's so uh, weird. You know, there's different levels. In some cases, maybe a level of distance is good depending on the caliber of parent in hand. Who knows? Hard to say. Right. You could do more harm than good, I suppose. <laughs> Actually. A couple oh, man, examples I, come just, to mind, but you know. There was yeah. an example that came to mind from the museum, and I forgot it. Oh, dear. It was, oh, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, it was this, there was a couple in the, there's a room that's themed after a ship, mm. and it's full of, like, sea creatures and sea life nice. and whatnot. And they... The mother picked up this little lobster costume and looked at it, and she says, she goes, oh, my God, look, you can dress up like a lobster. She had this really funny accent. <laughs> a lobster. Like, oh, That's oh my New God. England. She was so shocked to see a little lobster costume, but then she moved on. She grabbed this other costume that was clearly either supposed to be a dolphin or a whale. I couldn't really tell which. But her and her husband came to the consensus that it was a dinosaur. Oh, and I'm sitting there staring, like I'm sitting on the floor because the kids were crawling under this thing. And I'm sitting on the floor, staring at them going. Dude, dinosaurs lived in the sea. We're, we're in the ship room. Like everything in here is from the sea. It's, there's like a ship wheel. There's, they were just playing with a lobster. You stopped at dinosaur. Dinosaur. Like they were both debating about what it was. And they, the, their final conclusion was it must be a dinosaur. <laughs> It was fantastic. Context is everything, people. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, jeez. Okay. Anything else from you? How was your week? Good week? Week was good. You know, um, we did the little Halloween shuffle. Um, took us about an hour and 10 minutes to get everyone geared up. We lasted about 15, 20 minutes, you know, pretty good odds. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the LED lit up wagon was, was pretty fun kid uh the young the boys seem to enjoy it even though they're kind of too small to do anything they're just cruising around the wagon but they were digging the lights in the show the the pure spectacle of it all i think they enjoyed you mean like just, pumpkin lights oh every kid running around with their glow lights and yeah people do up their houses kind of cool sometimes so there was a it was a pretty neat evening as far as you know being in the dark with cool lights and costumes running around so for the 15, 20 minutes, they, they lasted. Ironically, it was the five-year-old that pooped out. But, you know, I Not think literally. all in all, it was a good amount. Tiny little bit of candy. We got out there, stretched the legs. Not not a bad thing. But We uh, were all wishing for rain. <laughs> oh, there was rain. There was a little, there, but it stopped. Yeah, it did. 
it stopped too early and then yeah we uh we were forced to go out and oh, you, um, you were hoping that the rain would give you an excuse to stay in yeah because we went over to a friend's house so the kids were all playing anyway and happy oh, and i, I would have just chucked some candy at them and called it a night because we had already had like six halloweens oh that's true too this was kind of our only real i guess um my daughter did have something at school but it was more like a put on your costume and roam around the halls and i don't think they did much with candy no yeah i hope not yeah any any of these holidays man you can overdo these things Shoof. all with the moderation yes even moderation. moderation something um something good actually did come out of halloween for me oh I've been using the candy as bribes for education. Uh-huh. And uh, I think my early training of, you know, candy was daddy's food, right, right has, is kicking in well because he, he doesn't, uh, my older son does not feel the urge. My, I say older son as if I have a younger son. My elder statesman. My son. How do you, why would you say that? I have a son and a daughter. Your son. Who, my son. Who is older than your daughter? Who is uh, Your eldest too son. too many words. Wait, you're right. That does sound like my eldest. Mold. <laughs> Also, son. Yeah, just say son. He, you know, so he hasn't turned it around into this, you know, get all the candy and then eat it all in one night. And he doesn't freak out about it. So I convinced him somehow that he could earn a piece of candy each time he read an entire book. Oh. Now, these are small books. But because his, his teacher, I think I told you this already, his teacher sends him home most nights with a different book. Nice. Once he once he is able to read all the way through it, goes back to school, he gets a new one. <laughs> so the deal is if he can read the whole book through twice without looking at the pictures because they cheat that way. Oh, he looks at the absolutely. pictures and he gets an idea of the storyline and just makes something up and it's usually correct. So he caught on to this pretty quick and he even started covering up the pictures with his own arm. Oh, okay. So he, he turns the page and quickly covers up the pictures so he doesn't see them. It's disciplined. Yeah, it was it was pretty fascinating. Hmm. You know, when we spent, uh, you know, one of the books was a little bit difficult, so we spent probably 15 minutes or so going through it. You know, and it's like 10 pages or something. Right, of right. Single sentence. Uh, and he made it through and he was psyched and he got one piece of candy for reading the book twice. Nice. And I think we've done that uh, probably three times now. He's gone through three different books. Excellent. Good motivator. Yeah. So we have and two giant like he's buckets got a of candy. Healthy relationship with it to start, so that's good. Because I, I don't like using food too much for bribing, but if certain things, it is fun. And, and if you have that healthy relationship, you could you could tell that they know it's fun more so than just when they're absolutely freaking out, Jones and for candy over and over. That's that's no good. And <laughs> that's when it's gone too far. As long as they see it as a fun motivator, I think it's good. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's 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 tricky to balance between bribes and 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 the work. But I, oh yeah, so you said that he has sort of a healthy relationship with it. Yes, <laughs> getting him, having, teaching him to read has been like one of the most difficult things ever. Really? And How old is he now? He's almost five and a half. Okay. Uh, but I I actually attribute. I mean, we did a lot of work, but getting him to sit and even just kind of pay attention while we went through the letter sounds, and it's really hard to get him to, like, look at the page, yeah. you know, his eyes wander around the room, oh, and yeah. that's, that's not going to work too well, right? 
So I actually attribute quite a bit of it, even just to the little bit of kindergarten he's had. His teacher's been really good about engaging them. Great. And that's, you know, that's something I briefly thought about, you know, toyed with the idea of like, oh, well, maybe we can homeschool the kids one day if we get into this whatever. If we were rich and we could sail around the world, we'll just homeschool them, you know. Uh, but no, I don't have the I don't have the patience for it. Well, yeah, and plus, kids learn differently when they learn from dad and mom versus other people as well. Sometimes, um, especially with my daughter, there's a there's some skepticism when certain when I introduce certain topics to her, or whatever she might think I'm joking, or she just might be tired of hearing me telling her what to do all day. So she's less likely to accept. Or take, you know, guidance from me or take direction. Whereas she hears that same thing from someone at school, from the teacher at school. Well, it might leave an impression then, right? Because someone else said it and, you know, someone who doesn't constantly tell me what to do and (laughs) what not to do is, you know, it's a different level of receptivity, I think. And having different peers or different people reinforcing lessons, I think is super valuable. I can see... Uh, I agree. And it's a matter, I think it's a matter of technique as well. Like, or, or in curriculum yeah. is a, is a well, weird way of putting sure. it where, where it's like, you know, if I think I want to teach my son math, I'll sit down with him and be like, okay, one plus one is a two. Do you remember that? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's not the way to do it. Right. Right. And, you know, teachers, especially kindergarten teachers, especially teachers of young kids have gotten used to how kids learn. Mm. And how to engage them, and it's that really slow process. And their interest triggers and stuff, too. That's a good one. Yeah, and that's just not something we know inherently at all, right? right? It's, it's. I don't know, I think that's the reason why a lot of people have a hard time with kids, and they want to wait until they get to, like, till they're 11 or something, when you can have almost adult conversations <laughs> with them. 11? You mean 21? No, when they're, when they're, you know what I mean? Yeah, when, no. I mean, I, I, I have a number of dad friends who would who would rather just have, you know, much older kids. Like babies are just like Oh, they're the worst. I, I have to kind of agree. They the the older my kids have got, the more interesting they are and the less stressful I think they are in the sense that it's you know, that that pure abject just to have no clue that a, a little kid just has no idea. The older they are, they at least start getting some clue and context. Yeah, it's it's a it's not a straight line, you know. It's a hilly road. Oh, sure. I mean, I love babies because uh, they're just they're so dependent. Yeah, right? and uh, I don't know. I think they're so much fun. But yeah, as soon as they basically as soon as they start moving, then you got to worry about their safety, right? And then I don't then know. it's like a race to five years old when they're finally somewhat <laughs> less yes. suicidal and actually starting to think a little more critically about stuff. Yeah, I think um, somewhere between the age of like one and and three is the is the worst time. Oh, yeah. I think people say that though, like the terrible twos. But it's not because of the, it's not for the reasons you think. It's not for the you know talking back and not listening reasons. No, it's that the, happens later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's the I think I can walk down the stairs by myself. Oh, yeah. Get away from me! I'm angry at you. Oh, <laughs> like whoops! I just fell. I'm mad. I'm gonna take my head and bash it on this concrete block over here. Why are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> you get to do that too. I think 
Uh, more kids do that than than we know about. I think. Yeah, I think it's pretty common. They get mad, so they just kind of lean down and bonk their head onto the floor, and then they get mad that their head hurts. Yeah, yeah. my my son used to do that all the time, and he, he'd go into the other room to do it. So he'd get mad at us, and he wouldn't really let on. And I I'd, <laughs> I'd kind of catch him. I'd be like, I'd say to my wife, like, I think he's I think he's gonna go smash his he's head. He's gonna go head banging. And he'd walk into the living room, and he'd turn around, and he'd look right at me, and then he'd lean down and just Oof. crack his head oh, on the floor. Jeez. And usually I'd stop him I'd, if I'd get in there and catch him. Yeah. And because one time he didn't look, like he was looking at me. Uh, he misjudged the distance? Well, <sighs> he didn't look at what he was hitting, and he hit his face on the threshold. Ow. Like, he didn't hit the floor with his head. He hit his, no- like, the bridge of his nose hit the threshold. Yikes. Between the rooms, and uh, yeah, he wasn't psyched about that. Yeah, miscalculation. But it's, it's a little weird. Yeah, it's a little weird how they learn that, like... Yeah, it's pretty common, though. They, they don't have any ways to handle their anger or their grief or well, angst, or whatever you call that. So the, they'll either hurl things or swap things or eh, clonk their heads into the wall repeatedly, you know, whatever. <laughs> or do they just do that for entertainment half the time? Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my daughter's more of the, uh, the swatter and the... Oh, okay. The puncher. <laughs> the screaming you're facing. <laughs> okay. We so call her the should puncher. We, should, should we? It's better than the stabber. At least she's <laughs> Yeah, we don't give her knives. Yeah, keep the shivs at home, people. She, keep she the hasn't started her collection yet. Yeah. <sighs> we'll put it past her, though. Uh, should we move into our first segment? Which segment should we do? We have segments now. What's we had a segment last week. Last week we did the wacky, wacky weekly item, which implies we need to do it again this week. Oh, I, I want to bring week, up a new segment, though. Which one? Like, I, I don't know if this would go under products, but or just under generalized tactics. But I've been having. All right, we have. Uh, oh, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so we'll we'll call that one. Um, well, that's like a technique, right? Why don't know. you tell me about that now? Well, it's kind of like both, right? So. So basically, I picked up two items, which I was hoping would be a fantastic distraction for the kids. Now, for those who don't parent, the uh, deftful mastery of the distraction could be the most amazing thing in the world. You could have a kid on the brink of losing his diapers and just going out of his mind, and you could turn it around with a quick oh here's a book or look at that truck down the road or whatever if you could redirect that kid sometimes you could put him right back on track and everything's sweet helicopters usually do the trick helicopters exactly so oh real helicopters you point them out oh well funny you say copters because one of the two fantastic items that i've picked up for distractionary tactics has been a 20 dollar remote control helicopter that i picked up picked up off of Amazon and I could, we could be in the middle of just a maelstrom of insanity, which say hypothetically was exactly tonight before dinner. Kids without food just lose their minds and start freaking <laughs> out in ways that parents can't comprehend. So, you know, kind of common time around my house, kids are too hungry, kids are too tired. Everyone starts losing it. So I fire up this little RC copter, and man, it sucks the air out of the room. They are fascinated by it. They will start following it like the rats after the Pied Piper to the point where if I wanted to get them hurt or watch them hurt themselves, I could literally walk them into obstacles as they follow this thing through the air. So I'm just going to throw it out there that 
the remote control helicopter, $20 purchase, invaluable. The only way that could be better is if it could fly for like 20 minutes at a stretch. Cause it is, uh, well, you got to keep two now because one, <laughs> one of the batteries need to charge. Otherwise they'll smash it to pieces in anger. Exactly. Ironically, when it falls, they're very excited. They scramble after it, grab it and, and run it back to me and hand it to me as earnestly as possible. Cause they know that, you know, something's wrong. You got to fix the copter, dad. And <laughs> up it goes again. Uh, yeah, I guess. That, that's neat. I mean, you fly that around in the house. It doesn't have, like, dangerous spinning blades on it or anything. No, I accidentally flew it into my mom's head the other night, and uh, she barely noticed. So that... <laughs> well, she gets right it in goes front back of me. To the previous conversation. Yeah. It's, a, it's an IR thing, and she stepped right in front of me and blocked my field of view, and I think the uh, controller, because it just kind of went right into her head. And she was just like, wait, hey. It's really IR? Or R? It's got to be RF. <laughs> it's IR. Which is curious. Do you know what IR stands for? Infrared. That means you have to see the line thing. of sight. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, check it out. It's a, I think it's a Sima. It's on Amazon. Just do a search on Amazon for remote control helicopters. There's a million we of them. We need some like affiliate links so people can click on that and buy the copter. Yes. This segment is brought to you by Sima Copters. Get yours for $20 on Amazon.com today. No, we'll do that. We'll put it in the show notes with a with an affiliate link. So if you buy the copter through the link, we get like a dime. That sounds awesome. But if you click on the link and then you go buy, I think Amazon sells art now. So go click on the link and then go to Amazon and buy some half million dollar painting. <laughs> and we still and get a we'll, dime? We'll get much more. Oh, that's a percentage ratio. Yeah, Love it's it. a percentage. Awesome. We'll send you a thank you note. Drawn by your by your son, I hope. Of course. <laughs> we will we will discuss that a bit later. That's a long winded conversation. It's quite the um, artist though. I like your tactic though, the RC Copter. It's nice. RC uh, Copter's fantastic. I didn't do it for distraction, but we got into RC cars for a little bit. That was fun. Though I realized sort of deeper into it that you know, I thought we'd expand the hobby and it could be fun to explore this further and build little cars and drive them around. And then at the end of the day, I, I realized that the two of us were just standing there moving our thumbs <laughs> and that this was a pretty pathetic waste of time. Well, no, no, no. I mean, maybe not the most physically engaging pursuit, but definitely the tinkering around with the electronics or if you're doing kits and building them, I think that could be pretty interesting. Right, but we can do that. With other things without the driving. Right, right, right. The building part was fun, but then you get into kind of like, let's go drive the car for an hour. and Yeah. Well, it's a real, it's a wasted hour. Yeah, most RC stuff is good for 10, 15 minutes. The interest is definitely in getting there, I think. Or, in the case of the helicopter, totally bamboozling your kids to forget they're crying and buy you some time to finish cooking dinner so then they could eat it and stop freaking out. Yeah, this is a good segment. I think you're right. We should uh, we should make it a segment for distraction tactics. And uh, I'll come up with something next week. I don't think I have one for this week. A segment is born. And I think a very important segment. Because, again, if there's something you might not have as a skill going into parenthood and a dadism, definitely... Learning how to derail your kids from the freakout train is is the way to go. Cause oh, uh, I mean, an obvious piece of advice there. I used this so often when they were little kids. 
is just to think of something nutty. I mean, don't don't sit there try to telling them like don't keep telling them what they can't do. That is so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, over and over. Over and over again. Okay, so my favorite example, this will go into my my contribution for this week since I didn't have one ready. When when Max was a baby, probably nine months, six months, I don't know, he had like this wooden hammer that we gave him. You know why we gave him a hammer, I don't know. <laughs> a wooden cudgel. <laughs> well, it went Great one for one-year-olds. It went to one of those little sets where you, you bang the little sticks through the right. holes or whatever. Two, you could add the spikes to the end. No, I, I had the same thing. <laughs> but so he's like smashing something. He starts hitting like the coffee table with the hammer or something. And uh, I'm not throwing under the bus, but I think my wife was saying, she's like, no, you have to stop. You can't do that. You don't hit the table. Stop. And he's just getting mad at her, right? Hitting it he's harder just and harder. He's just yeah, he's hitting it harder and smashing the table, and her hands are in the way, and he's almost smashing her hands, and she's trying to block the hammer. And basically, this was either going to end with her taking the hammer from her him, or him smashing her hands with the hammer by accident. So, you know, immediately it's like, well, this isn't. This is only getting worse. So, I, I walked over and I grabbed a pillow, right? Because the noise was driving me nuts too. I grabbed a pillow from the couch and I said, Max, smash the pillow. Oh, brilliant. And it it makes no sense to an adult, right? But that's most of what children do makes no sense to adults. Exactly. And his his face lit up and he turned around with the hammer and just started beating the heck out of the pillow. Perfect. We had another 45 seconds worth of... uh, (laughs) Precious silence. (laughs) Precious time (laughs) to go on with our lives. Yeah. (laughs) But it's silly stuff like that. You got to do, you just have to think about the unexpected. Yeah. And, and just go with it like fast and f- free form. If you can't think of anything, probably the best, the next best thing is to uh, behave like a literal clown from the, well, I almost said zoo, from the circus. You know, trip and fall down and pretend to hurt yourself, basically. Oh, geez. Kids love it. <laughs> When you get hurt. I refuse to become a prop comic for... Oh, who am I kidding? I've already become <laughs> Carrot Top. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll never... They'll never... Uh, they'll never, like, never... They will never let you stop if you begin... Yes. ...hurting yourself or bonking yourself. Yeah, that's one of the traps with, like, say... You, you kind of do the... Throw them up in the air or help them jump extra high on the trampoline to kind of keep them from whining or something. Oh, yeah. And suddenly you're locked in until your deltoids are burning and your back is on fire. More, more. Well, that's and the, when I mean, you stop, you're the bad guy. It's good that you mentioned that because I think that's a – you turn around, you're thinking on that, it, then there's your workout, right? Oh, uh, true. I mean – Good conditioning. Skip the gym. Yeah. Exactly. Who needs a kettlebell when you've got a little wriggling three-year-old? Right, it's even worse. <laughs> Try swinging that thing around, and it's changing—you know—it's changing shape and working against you the whole time. Uh, that's a topic for another show, though. I will like—I will talk. We—I do want to talk about fitness and whatnot. fitness through parenting. Okay, so that's distraction tactics. Fitness through parenting. Another section's born <laughs> right there. Yeah. This is like an idea. That could be uh, one whole mill. show, I think. Yeah. So we'll refer back to it. Absolutely. Because uh, I, I have a lot of examples of fitness through parenting. Uh, I mean, I have I have abs of steel. 
as a result of them leaping off the couch onto my midsection. Yeah, they like that. They do. They love it. They, they love hurting. They love I mean, looking the drops at you like right in the eye and jaw and focus all of their body weight into one elbow or knee. It's it's like an art form for them. Yeah, as long as you, you set the ground rules for not on the neck, uh, yeah. not below the waist, they're cool. Yeah, except they try cool. it. Now they have a target of what exactly not to go for. No, they learn the fun stops if that happens. Oh, That's right. Over. Right. All right, so let's move on to our next segment. We're running out of time. Oh, my goodness. I know, it's moving right along. Uh, we Should we continue our wacky, wacky weekly item? Oh, we've had a lot of... I mean, it's all wacky <laughs> yeah, weekly It's pretty items. much all wacky throughout the week. Yeah, well, let's fire pretend. one up. What, what's, what's been wacky in your week? I have one. It did, actually didn't happen this week, but I wrote it down and we didn't talk about it last week. Uh, soccer. Mm. Did I tell you this one already? I'm not sure. The big fat old man butt? No? <laughs> I don't think so. So it's soccer, which is now over. Uh, Max and I will play. No, I didn't tell you. Max and I will play soccer afterwards for a while, and they have one of those big plywood walls with the goals painted on it. To kick the ball against, bounces back. Oh, great! So that's a fun, that's a lot of fun. He likes that. And uh, there were some other little kids there, and I was running around playing with the kids, kicking the ball. We were up near the wall, and and uh, you know, all of a sudden, I got like, I got like hit in the leg with a. And I'm not just saying this hit me in the leg. You know, a ball hit me in the leg, and it was no big deal, right? Everyone was kicking balls everywhere, so I didn't even look. All right. And, um, you know, next thing I hear is is some kid going, he's like, ha, ha, I just, I just hit that big fat old man right in the butt. Oh, my goodness. Or no, I, he said something. It was more like, I just hit the old man right in his big fat butt. His big fat old man butt. And... And for a second, for a split second, I was like, oh, that poor guy. Why would he just hit an old man? And then I spun around. I was like, wait a minute. That guy is me. It's talking about me. And and I kind of like, I didn't get mad at him, right? Because he's just a little kid. But I I wasn't really going to let him get away with it. Because he was probably six or seven. He was a little bit older. So I kind of like, I kind of like shot right down in front of him really quick. But happy in a happy way, you know? So I got like right there. And I was, and I said, uh, I said, sorry. (laughs) <laughs> what'd you say and he's like he looked at me all shocked and he's like oh uh nothing i didn't say anything i'm like are you sure i thought i heard something and he goes i was just i was just talking to myself and i, I said so, well, you have a you have a big fat old man butt <laughs> oh man <laughs> intimidating a six-year-old and he, <laughs> it was funny and he looks at me he goes I have to go now. Oh, man. And he just turns around and wanders off with his soccer ball. Jeez, man. That's I know. The, I really won. I really won that yeah, one. Yeah, you showed good. that kid who's good. a big fat old man. It was kind of rude. It was pretty rude. I mean, I was, you know, I was over there playing with the kids having fun, and and who was he talking to? You know, it's not really nice. You, know. you don't want that separation. <laughs> you don't want them treating you like that guy on the subway. You don't want to realize They're, one day that you're the big fat old man and your butt's now a target for six-year-olds all across the <laughs> First of all, I am fairly fit. So I don't think I have a big fat butt. Oh, man. I mean, relative to a kid, that butt's probably like twice the size of him. Yeah, it probably is. But I mean, his universe, right? He's separating his, his universe. His like universe the on is the your subway. butt at that point. <laughs> My butt is probably surrounding his entire universe. Kids probably at that at that point in time, his face was probably enveloped by the vision of my butt, given his proximity. And perhaps it was 
your your big fat old man butts gravity that was pulling the ball towards. <laughs> well, in that case, I didn't intend to hit your butt. <laughs> Maybe I should have taken it home. Uh, that, that's a pretty wacky weekly story. You kind of got up in the face of a six-year-old to show him what for. Yeah, but not angry. No. Not in an angry way. It was very, it was very nice. One might say confrontational, but no, it's definitely not angry. Um, but perhaps uh, perhaps it's a good thing for him to, uh, you know, maybe he'll think twice next time. He- well, I mean, remember back to what I said. Never did I – I feigned ignorance of his statement. Hmm? <laughs> oh, I think you so- do. <laughs> well, of course he knew. Okay, so did you uh, have, do you have a story for this week? Geez, wacky weekly stories. Yeah, they're all wacky. No baby faces in the freezer drawer this week? No, no. They've been um, pretty good. A couple head injuries, nothing nothing too major. I'm trying to think of any spectacular spills or... Mm-hmm. You're supposed to think of this before the show. Yeah, and I and I didn't. Um, I thought of other things, and so. All right. Perhaps we could just have one item, and and this week, and perhaps I'm disappointed week, in you. I, you know. I have another segment while our time is running out, which I wanted to start, and I think I will have something for every week. But I figured we could both discuss this one. I'd like to get your input on on what you think. Okay. I didn't give a lot of details in the notes, so maybe you don't know what it is. Sometimes that's more fun. We're going to call this segment Baby Tips. Baby Tips? Makes, makes, him, makes him sounds... <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> now, this is important because people sometimes confuse the age timelines, right? When I'm talking about babies. Helpless, as we discussed this before, right? Yeah. Pre-one-year-olds. Very dependent babies. They need you for everything. Oh, and we right? mean everything. Right. And I don't want to hear you telling me your baby's just colicky as an excuse Nude. for you not doing anything. That means you right? are not paying attention. Thank you. I'm glad you agree. For the most part. For the most part. There are certainly occasions where babies have that uh, reflux problem and they're very right. uncomfortable all the time. Right, right. And uh, But truthfully, there's still something you can do. Let's not get into this yet. People will yell at us. Oh. Email Chris. This is true. Just saying, though. 97% of the time, it's you. So, my baby tip of the week can be summarized thusly. If you are wearing sunglasses, please do not point your baby at the sun. Oh. You probably should never do that. No, babies aren't too good in direct sunlight. Very, mm. very thin skin. But when you think about it, really, um. you stick them in these seats or strollers, they're angled back. Mm-hmm. They're maybe at a nice, you know, 10, 15, 20 degrees, sometimes more. Yeah, much like a solar panel would be angled at the sun. Yeah, facing the sky. (laughs) And yet, here you are, in your giant bug-shaped sunglasses, thinking to yourself, boy, the sun is bright today. (laughs) I'm going to turn my back to the sun because it's uncomfortable, right? (laughs) And then what happens? You're pushing the baby carriage. They're looking at you. Consequently... They're staring directly into the sun. Right. And why? I don't know. So my tip is basically use the sunshade over your stroller. Absolutely. They all have them. Walk the other way if you have to. But they are angled straight at the sky. So if there's any sun shining on their face, 
they are basically burning their retinas out. <laughs> to be slightly hyperbolic. Yeah, and they don't know not to look at the sun at that point. Well, they will react and blink and close their eyes. But still, if you close your eyes, <laughs> you know, if your eyes are closed but you're still faced directly at the sun, you know, you'll still get those white spots and whatnot. That's it's bright. still bothersome. Yeah. On a really bright bright day but if you're wearing sunglasses why aren't they even if they're little babies or why aren't they shaded let's keep let's keep them in the shade people is what what he's trying to say here you're out there you got your sps 50 you got your oakley's you got your indiana jones wide brim wicker gardener's hat yeah make sure your kids got some protection too it's not even a summertime problem really no i mean this day and age it's it's all the time Right. Well, you're talking about skin protection. I'm oh, talking about simply... I'm talking about full on. The whole enchilada. All by eyeballs facing the sun. We can get into sunscreen mm-hmm. as another tip. But just eyeballs into the sun. I mean, you don't you don't want to do that, right? And in the wintertime, the sun is lower. Right. A little less atmosphere. It's drier. Less uh, chance for that light to bounce around and diffuse before it zaps your baby's eyes. You think it gets worse in the winter? No, I mean that it's lower as in your baby doesn't have to be laying on their back and staring straight up. Even if they're at a slight angle from vertical, right? they're going to be staring straight at the sun when you turn your back to it. The UV is still strong, though, in the winter. Although, you know, it's always strong. All right, but I'm not talking about the UV. I am, man. There's many layers to this tip. (laughs) (laughs) Got to keep the kids safe, bottom line. Don't cook your kids when you're out. Well, that's with the your whole Oakley's. segment. <laughs> Safety is paramount, but with individual details. My detail for this week is be conscious of where they are looking. If they're being fussy and there's a lot of light on their face, you know what you do? You you don't move the stroller. You get down there next to them. You tip your head up exactly where, where theirs is pointing. Take your sunglasses off. And you tell me if you'd be comfortable like that for uh, the duration of your lunch at the cafe, sitting outside. Right. Clicking on your smartphone. Updating your Twitters. Well, I witnessed this exact thing the other day, and I oh, I almost had to say something. Both parents, <laughs> giant sunglasses, baby staring straight into the sun, and they're trying to feed him, and he's pissed off and screaming, and neither of them knew why. Blood spraying out of his eyes. Well, he couldn't like open his eyes to <laughs> see the food they were trying to exactly cram into his the face. Blood at that point congealing into a protective layer to help save yeah. the eyes from the sun. But I toned it back. Nice. I held back. Nice. I didn't say anything. I mean, you could be the best parent for your kids. I mean, there's only so much you could do to others, and maybe, maybe this this show, maybe this show, will, maybe will they'll be your way of helping many. Parents and indirectly those kids. Who, I hope so. Who might have otherwise so. lost you, their sight. So if you if you want to brush me off, that's great. You want to say it's no big deal, it doesn't hurt them, no big. That's fine. My only advice is, if it comes up, put yourself in their position. Use the damn shade, people. Use it. Have some empathy. You know, sit down next to them, tilt your head back, see what they see, and then use the shade. Right. Many times I've walked backwards for long distances because... <laughs> That's funny you say that. I do that every morning, taking yeah. the dudes back from the bus stop once the daughter goes off. 
My driveway because points directly at the sun. Exactly. And the sun yeah. is right cresting the horizon, right into their eyeballs. And they start kibbing like little fish. And so Thank I just you. See, I I walk knew, backwards. I, yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to torture my, my kids. I knew I liked you for a reason. I'm going to take the hit and have to work on my coordination for five minutes. <laughs> exactly. What the hell Can I say something, Chris? Lay it out, man. You're you're a good father. <laughs> Thank you. I try, man. It's a it's a minute by minute by second by second challenge, but it is great. It's like nothing I've ever done. We can just call that the end of the show. It's a wrap. That was it. I want to cut the music in.